0: Hello and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, James Flynn UFO Encounter. Now I found this article from UFO Evidence. Oops, and we can hang on one second here, we'll get to it. This account happened back in March of 1965. The article appears on ufoevidence.org. It's titled, UFO Case in the Everglades USA, 1965. Source, UFOs: a close sight, Patrick Gross. It begins, it says, Summary, a famous and well-documented account supported by physical evidence. And the report, on, a site, on the night of March 15, 1965, James W. Flynn was camping in the Everglades after training some hunting dogs. Shortly after midnight, Flynn saw a brightly lit object descending approximately a mile away. Flynn thought it was a helicopter until he looked at it through binoculars, thinking it may be some kind of a plane in trouble or some new device from Cape Kennedy. He drove his swamp buggy toward the light while it was visible through the trees. About a quarter of a mile away, he got out and headed toward the light on foot. As he neared the object, Flynn saw the craft was not a plane but a large cone-shaped machine hovering a few feet above the ground. The craft was about 75 feet in diameter at the base and 25 to 30 feet high. Four rows of ports of windows were visible with yellow light shining through them. Flynn heard a whirring like a diesel generator which disturbed one of his dogs who was howling in his cage and trying to get out but could not observe but could observe no equipment or occupants. Wow. So here we have this fellow. This is back in 1965, of course, before cell phones or anything like that. He's out there in the middle of the swamp hunting with his dogs, or training his hunting dogs, rather. And he spots this strange light. He goes to investigate it. When he gets up within a couple hundred yards, he gets out of his swamp buggy, approaches this thing, and looks up and can see that it's 75 foot long, 20 to 30 foot tall, it's a pretty good-sized machine, and then it has ports or windows along the sides of it with this yellow light shining out. Now, this is hard to understand whether this thing is an occupied vehicle or if it's some sort of unoccupied drone or really just if it's mechanical at all. Now, the article goes on. It says, after several minutes, Flynn approached the craft within 200 yards of the UFO, jumped out of his swamp buggy, stepping into the circle of light and raising his hand as a friendly gesture in case he was being watched. As he did this, the UFO emitted a jet-like noise and a blast of wind that knocked him off balance. As he continued to approach, within a few yards, the UFO emitted a light beam like a welder's torch, striking him on the forehead and knocking him unconscious. Later, he told the newspaper, I felt a blow like a sledgehammer between the eyes, and that's all I know. So we have a case here of this fellow who really almost naively approaches this unidentified flying object. He's waving at it because to him, that is a friendly gesture. Well, who knows what it would mean to this thing. Apparently it perceived him as a threat and it knocks him down with a bolt of light. And this is another one of those cases where the UFO is basically treating humans really as if they're collateral damage. They don't seem to really give that much thought to how they treat a person. The article goes on, it says, When he came two hours later, he found himself partially blinded, and a painful bruise was left on his forehead where the light beam had struck. The craft was gone, but there was a charred circular area where it had hoovered, and the tops of nearby trees had been burned. <clears throat> now this is something we see over and over these cases, where the UFOs have a close encounter with the grass, trees, whatever. Oftentimes, um, the plant material around the UFO sighting is burnt. And a lot of times, it will even leave uh, radioactive traces Flynn sought aid from an Indian acquaintance who helped him back to Fort Myers. He required medical treatment and had a small dark spot on his forehead. In addition to the painful bruise on his forehead and the effect on his vision, doctors determined Flynn also had an impairment of deep muscle and tendon reflexes, numbness, and loss of hearing. Now, some of the other accounts, they describe how when Flynn woke up 12 or 14 hours later after this encounter with the UFO, uh, his vision was uh, severely impaired. He basically was blind. It took him a while to recover his vision, and then he only recovered the vision fully in the right eye. It also uh, is described how when he went to the see the, the, the doctor, they um, they tested his knee. You know, They did the reflex testing with a little hammer. And there was no uh, reaction, so they realized that he had actually had nerve damage. The article goes on and says, During the five days when Flynn was in the hospital, intelligence officers, under the orders of General O'Keefe, phoned him from nearby Homestead Air Force Base. After obtaining a basic report, they informed him they would interview him again when he was released from the hospital. That's interesting that they would take the first step to contact him and I suppose this whole thing was in the paper maybe that's where they read about it but you know we're told so frequently and at that time people were just told that UFOs were uh, a figment of their imagination well that being the case why would the Air Force even care about talking to this guy And goes on it says Flynn's doctors found impairment of muscle and tendon reflexes which he believed could not have been faked And the NICAP investigation concluded that the account of the event was supported by the physical evidence. Extensive physical trace evidence was found at the site, including a circular area of burnt sawgrass 72 feet in diameter where the object has been hoovering and burns of the nearby trees. Then it goes on, it says, U.S. Air Force position. Unfortunately, Flynn's encounter came at a time of maximum difficulty for the Air Force. Indeed, during a major flap in the locality, and they were doing their best to play down the sighting. Attempts were made to discredit Flynn, which backfired when leading citizens, police officers, and doctors vouched for him. The Air Force's suggestion that Flynn may may have hoaxed the encounter ignored the remarkable ground and tree traces and his own physical impairments which his doctors believe could not have been faked. In the end, the Air Force settled for this somewhat useless statement that, that, when questioned, they had nothing on their files concerning the Flynn incident. Well, that being the case, why did they feel it necessary to go out and defame this person and basically libel them as a hoaxer? Why couldn't they have just come out from the very beginning and said, well, we don't understand what happened? It's this compulsive, uh, almost neurotic need to be in control of the narrative. it's as if these authority figures uh, have to position themselves as if they have the answers at all times. They just don't seem to be satisfied with saying, well, we don't know what happened. If they can't control the narrative, if they can't give a uh, five or six sentence answer that would satisfy a fifth grader, then they attack the witness. That's always the fallback plan: is to attack the witness. If they can't give a simple, childlike explanation that makes the thing go away, oh, it was swamp gas, oh, it was ball lightning, oh, it was a secret program. If none of those, if none of those excuses seem to pacify the public, then the fallback position is attack the witness. But in this case, Mr. Flynn was known in the community as a reliable witness. Someone that people uh, respected, widely respected. So when the Air Force tried to attack him, it backfired. And then for a short period of time there, people... uh, It was as if the curtain was pulled back and people were actually able to see that these authority figures actually didn't have the answer to what Mr. Flynn saw. And when they couldn't come up with a satisfactory answer... uh, their first response, their very first, very first fallback plan was to attack Mr. Flynn. Well, that didn't work out for him. This is really a, a fascinating case. There's a a bunch of stuff online about it. It it's one of those cases that you had the physical evidence, you have this, you have a reliable witness to begin with. You have multiple witnesses of the injuries that he sustained just after his encounter with the UFO there's medical proof of what happened to him. You have a doctor's opinion that says, yes, this guy did sustain neurolog- neurological injury. And this is something that uh, puts me to mind of what happened in the Falcon Lake case. And that's a case that uh, I did a podcast on here some time ago, Falcon Lake. You had a guy who was uh, out in a remote area by himself. He was prospecting for metal. He comes across this. Uh, UFO, it looked more or less like a probe, much smaller than the one described here by Mr. Flynn. But when he approaches the UFO, uh, it's almost as if the motor ignites, and he ends up with burnt clothing. Uh, he ends up with some other physical symptoms. You can go back and listen to that podcast, Falcon Lake. And it's the same sort of thing, where you have a, a person by themselves in a remote area. They have a, they have a very close encounter with a UFO, and then they are actually physically injured by... The UFO, which brings us to the to the really the reality that not all uh, close encounters with UFOs are positive. A lot of these encounters are negative. Now, some of these encounters do seem to be with intelligent entities, where people are actually uh, abducted, taken on board these craft. They have all kinds of nasty experiments done to them. And then we have other encounters, like this one here we see with with, uh, Flynn or the one at Falcon Lake, where it almost looks like these uh, UFOs are possibly some sort of uh, exploratory craft, some sort of drone that are under intelligent control, but not under the control of any human-like entities. It's almost as if they're here to do something, or possibly... Uh, They're in a state of distress, like we've talked about. It seems like a lot of these craft, they end up someplace where they're they're out of place for one thing. It's almost like they're just there hanging around, and they're acting in strange ways, as if they're having trouble regaining control, having trouble navigating something. And it seems like maybe these people are stumbling upon these craft uh, as they are recovering maybe from one place to another place, or one dimension to another dimension, this craft that Mr. Flynn saw could have been one of those cases where it was a uh, UFO that was under distress, it was having problems, and that could be what was going on with the light here. Maybe this maybe this was just, uh, and the noise, maybe this was a symptom of this UFO craft trying to uh, re- regain control of itself and evacuate the area. And as Mr. Flynn approached, uh, it was unable to distinguish his motives or whether or not he was a threat now fortunately for him the UFO seems to have used uh, enough threat to take him out of the equation but not enough threat to kill him and that also that also lends credence to the to the notion that these things are intelligently controlled they do understand um, uh, that humans uh, are you know entities just like them and that it's not a good thing say to kill them maybe that's why we're finding cows uh, mutilated sacrifice but not people for some something's holding them back from you know completely taking people out of the equation but again and again what we do see when we've come across these UFOs that are just like out of place they're there they seem to be doing these strange things they have these close encounters with people Again and again, we see that when the human tries to touch the UFO, tries to encounter the UFO, that freak, frequently it ends up uh, in an injury resulting to the human. It looks more and more like these things, like these types of situations, these classic UFO encounters. Like I said, where you have the lone person stumbles across a UFO, cl- close physical proximity. The UFO is just sitting there, just maybe floating around, acting strangely. More and more, these things look like craft under distress. And much like a wounded animal, probably should not be approached too closely by a person. The good news is Mr. Flynn uh, pretty much recovered from his injuries. They said he never did recover the sight fully. I believe it was in his left eye. So he was left with permanent injuries. But I guess the good thing was he was left alive. After all was said and done, it's a fascinating case. It's the Flynn UFO case. It happened in March of 1965, and it's, it's something worth looking at. Until next time, this is UFO Warning over and out.